0: Hi friends and awesome mothers. My name is Adol and I'm a proud mother of four. What I'm realizing over time is that doing it right as a mother is the thing that I care about the most but also hands me the greatest of challenges. In order to get direction, I put together a habura of mothers that joined to learn through my mother's super popular parenting curriculum. My mother is Mrs. Gitti Horowitz, and she's taught hundreds of mothers in Baltimore in recent years. I get to sit down with her every week and either reflect on a topic that we discussed in the group or talk over something that's on my mind. I hope you'll find our conversation meaningful, helpful, and encouraging. Enjoy it. This podcast is sponsored by the Intentional Jew Podcast Network. Check them out at intentionaljew.com. I wanted to talk on this pet podcast about a very hot-button topic. So I think this is a hot-button topic called self-care. Um, originally, I was introduced to self-care on in the Laura Doyle um, book, but um, self-care is just talked about you know, it's the it's the name of it's the it's the word on the street. Or we can call it me time. Um paying attention to our needs, paying attention to our wants, taking care of ourselves in all different ways. And the reason why I thought to talk about this is because in our conversation last week, Toby what Toby brought it up as a reason to possibly put our kids to sleep by Shabbos meals because maybe we just want an alone meal. So that's why I thought that this would be fun to talk about. Um it's often the case that our needs conflict with our responsibility to take care of our children. I could give I could give an example, very basic. We walk I walk into the house coming home from carpool, school errands, where whatever it is. You know, there was two kids fighting in the elevator about who to push the button and then one just has like a meltdown about being hungry and one is, um, has a dirty diaper or whatever, et cetera, whatever the needs are. And I happen to need to go to the bathroom. So what are the odds that I would go to the bathroom? Very slim. Cause there's just so many needs all at once that I'm the last person. Like I just put myself to the bottom of the list cause I'm an adult and I can wait and they can't wait. So this is like a classic example of my responsibility conflicting with my need so if this were to happen, I think to um, something that Bubby once said, but I, I she didn't say it to me, so I, I might be misquoting it, but.
1: I don't think so. She, I, I, when
0: one of us asked, one of us grandchildren, now mothers, asked her, how did you take care of your seven children and totally devote your life to it and not resent it and just it being the, your, the pride, your children being the pride of your life? How did you do that? And one of the things she said was, I never let my children's needs come before mine, which is very interesting because she's like one of the most selfless people that we know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so sometimes I think about that in these kind of situations, like everyone needs something and I need to go to the bathroom. So I'm just going to say, hold on and go take care of what I need to take care of and then continue on. Um, So yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of what I want to talk about. How, how could I, how could I do that? Like, how could we do that? Meaning I could hold on. I can wait. I'm an adult. My kids need, shouldn't they always come first? Cause they are young and they can't handle holding on. So what, what are your like, you know, initial thoughts on that?
1: So this is not a black and white, this is not a black and white topic. So there are a lot of different variables that you have to take into account. It depends how big your need is, how important your need is. If a, mo- if a mother does not eat, right, she doesn't eat. There's a reason why um, the halacha is that a, a, a mother does not really have to, to fast on the fast days other than Yom Kippur and Tishavah. If She's taking care of her children. there's any reason, at least the smallest reason, that she's not gonna feel well or she's not gonna be able to take care of her kids she's supposed to eat. Uh, I'm not paskening here and everyone's please welcome to speak to their LOR, but I, I, you know, I, that's that's clearly the halacha that a mother has to take care of eating so she can care, take care of her children. The famous expression, uh, an empty pitcher cannot give water, is is what is is what we always have to go back to. If I'm not taking care of my needs, I'm, I can't give I can't be the nurturer, the person who is taking care of others if I'm not taking care of myself. The the problem as I see it nowadays is that this has been inflated to mean if I don't get my nails done, I, I'm not taking care of my, you know, I, I'm not taking care of myself. So I, I use that as an as an example, and I hope everyone who's listening will be mindful me. There's nothing wrong with getting your nails done. And I, I think it's a beautiful thing if if you have time for it, and it's, you know, etc. But that's not a need for most people. It's not a need. It's something that's nice. And it might even be part of your self-care package, which is very nice. That's not a need. We have to really define our terms. Needs are food, water, um, time alone to, to just decompress, to a certain degree and someone might say well that's when I get my nails done okay but it there has to be a, there, you have that your mental health you have to have time for that as well um a person has physical needs they have emotional needs they have spiritual needs and those needs have to be met that being said Bubby always said also a child does not ask to be brought into this world it's a choice that we make to bring children into this world. And once we make that choice, we have to realize that there are a lot of other things that go along with it. It doesn't end at birth. It begins at birth. Rabbi left from Moshev Matisyo, I once heard him say, "You know, Peru or Revu is two, the two aspects of mitzvah of having children. Peru is having the children and Revu is raising them
0: doesn't end with having children the mitzvah is nurturing and bringing them up i never heard that that's so interesting i thought revu was coming from the word rove like a lot have a lot
1: it could be another understanding of it but that's what he said there's two aspects interesting. those are the those are the two aspects i'm, I'm sure the different ways of viewing it mm-hmm. but there's there's more to having children than just having them that's that's step one step two is making sure their needs are met. Babies cannot meet their needs on their own. So that's the other aspect. The older a child gets, the more mature they are, the more they're able to wait and understand that their mother also has needs. And it's important for children to know that and to be taught that, that there are other people in the world and their needs. They have. All, they also have needs, and those needs need to be met. It's interesting that we're talking about this um, the Sunday after Parashat Shmos. Um, it says "Vayakdal Moshe" twice in tuk and the question is 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 asked: Why does it say "Vayakdal Moshe"? But, I'm sorry, "Vayigdal Moshe." It says twice that Moshe got big. So the parshim tell us "Vayigdal Moshe." First, he grew up. He became an adult physically. And then Vayigdal Moshe, he became a, um, an adult spiritually and intellectually. And it says, it follows, the second Vayigdal is that he went out. Um, I think i am recorded the Pasa correctly. He went to his brothers and he saw them in their servitude he he was mature enough to look at the sea Rashi says he used his eyes and his heart to see the servitude that his 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 brothers were his his people were going through and he he joined them he he he, he wanted to he, he became great what's where do we see that who else is called gaal God is a gadol because understand we understand that as He is kind. God does for for us. So how do we become good? good um, how do we become a gadol by being kind to others? A child comes into this world with his fists kept clenched. A child has does not know about other people, right? He only knows about his own needs, and he screams until he gets it. Because that's his mode of communication and that's how God created a baby. But the difference between a baby, and we know at the end of life, um, a person, part of the Tahara process, is that the hand is opened because a person comes into this world with his fists clenched and he leaves this hand this world, hopefully, with his hands open. And he has learned that he's not, he's not the end-all and the be-all. So a, a child comes into this world, hands clenched, he needs what he needs. As he grows, he begins to understand that there are others. And I want to make it very clear that the way we teach that is not by telling a six-month-old that there are other people that you need to take care of. The way we teach a six-month-old and that age bracket, let's say under the age of 18 months to two years, under that age, is that the way we teach them that other people
0: have needs is by meeting their needs. Why how, how does that work? Because you're modeling by
1: meeting their needs, by taking care of their needs, they know that th- they feel confident that there's someone that's going to take care of them. So now I can re- I can relax a little bit. I know my needs are going to be taken care of because they always are. A child who's brought up whose needs are not met, who's not fed when they cry who's not changed when they cry, who's not picked up and cuddled when they cry, learn that there is no one in this world for me and I better take care of myself. Okay? So it may be, it's a little counterintuitive at first, but when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. A child whose needs are met, who has a sense of security, emotionally, physically, spiritually, is then able to say, okay, I can wait a minute because I know it's going to happen. And now, like, can I wait a minute, but now as I'm getting older, I'm going to go help someone else because I know that my needs are 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 taken care of. I, I, I know that it's okay. And, and I've seen what it's like to have my needs taken care of. I want to go help someone else. I want to take care of someone else. I want to help take care of someone else.
0: Around what age does that happen? I mean.
1: <sighs> so, at, you know, kids are different. I, I would say around, 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 they begin, they, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a real process, um, you know, and again, different personalities um, will will come to that at different points, but we're hoping, you know, Vayigdal Moshat, we're talking about a gadol someone at Barabas Mitzvah. I have to say that in Western culture, it does not happen at 12 or 13 usually, and it takes time past that. Kids are still developing at that point. They're still learning the difference between, um, you know, what happens when they do for people and they don't do for people. They're, they're developing that, that understanding of of, of of not just taking, but also of giving. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, you know, depend, again, hopefully by the end of high school, a child understands that clearly but that's a long time. (laughs) So that's not happening by the time the kid is two or three.
0: Mm -hmm. We would like it to be that way and we kind of force it. So this is interesting. Does this mean that when it comes time to, um, I hear hear we're saying a few different things. Number one, we're saying that our basic needs need to be taken care of because um, an empty pitcher can't pour. I can't take, it's not possible for me to take care of you if I, if, if My basic needs are not taken care of, so I need to eat properly. I need to sleep properly, um, and I need, you know, I need I need my basic needs met. Um, well,
1: again, there are other needs besides physical, right? Okay, depending on the person, there's a certain amount of intellectual needs that a person
0: has depending right. on the person. So One I need to know on. my needs, and That's I need to cool. and I, and and also like you pointed out with the nails, I need to I need to be sure that these are real. These are my needs, and these are not, you know um, extra wants, desires. Um, now in terms of real needs, let's say, because we can, we can move on to the desires and the extras later. Um, in terms of real needs, is there like a different, is there a different, um, thought process for younger versus older children based on what you're saying? Like, do I put my own needs aside with a baby as opposed to, um, I can give, I I, I I can give the, I can give the, 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 the sleep training example. I know, I know over time I've, I've learned that you feel passionately that, um, that, um, not to sleep train little babies, but, um, let's say it's a need for a mother to sleep a full night. And so she sleep trains her, her, I don't know, say three, four month old, six month old, whatever, whatever the age is. Um, she sleep trains her baby so that she, and she she's real with herself she says i'm i'm not necessarily doing this for my baby although there are you know opinions that it's actually good for the child's development to sleep a full night but she's she's true to her she's she's true to on her motive and she says i'm doing this because i need to sleep i need to sleep a whole night in order to be a functional person so i'm going to sleep train this baby so that i can get my sleep so that i can be i can i can do this is that maybe a, a wrong calculation because of what you're saying that young babies really need their needs met and let's say the first 2 years
1: I'm you know I know that this is this is going to be on a, a public forum and uh, I'm going to answer that a little bit in a, a little bit of a guarded way honestly um, I am I am against sleep training I am against it personally um, and I think a person has to be uh, very very careful before they do it um, I don't say there's net you can never say never it's another thing mm-hmm. says, never say never there are times that it's necessary but things are necessary even though they're not there's a peliotes that says that um a, that a, a, a mother who allows her child to cry will have to give an accounting for every tear that that baby shed um is that's exact the exact quote it's not the exact uh, uh, that she said to have to give it. she's gonna have to give an accounting. Um, I I think it's something that that we just can't poo-poo. We just can't poo-poo it. Now, that doesn't mean that there's never a place for it. But uh, I think a person has to, you know, a person brought a baby into this world. Babies have certain needs. um, Until a certain age, and, you know, the pediatrician would certainly have to be um, questioned as to when this child is not waking up because they have physical needs to eat. Um, babies wake up every two to three to four hours, depending on the age, because they need food. They're not crying because they're happy. They're crying because they're they're hungry most of the time or something's bothering them. Um, I like to believe that if a child cries, that is their mode of communication. And if we try to meet meet their needs, that will teach them that they're important and and their needs were met as a child. Now there are colicky babies, but babies that never stop crying, um, and and until they their their um, digestive systems mature, that doesn't mean that that baby should just be left to cry because. Well, they're they're it's their it's their problem. They have a you know um, a, a immature digestive system, and therefore, you know it's not my it's, I can't hold them all the time just because they're they have an immature digestive system. Well, the reality is is that they're in pain, and to the extent that they are, they are coddled coddled and and held and hugged and and cooed to, and to the extent that we are able to do that. Whether it's us, or sometimes it has to be somebody else, so that I get my sleep. Um, that the baby needs that, and I don't think anyone's going to say they don't need it. It's just that you can't do it, and therefore they don't need it. No, we can't do it, and therefore maybe we have to put something else in place in order for that baby to meet their needs.
0: Or might, if I can add, it's possible that I can't meet their needs, but it's important to be to to um be one with the fact that I'm not filling a need. It's a need, and I can't do it right now. Meaning it's not, okay. it's not, it, it, sometimes things, sometimes are, we're limited, you know, especially with multiple children.
1: hundred percent. We're all limited, and and we're not always going to meet needs a hundred percent. question is, to what degree, at what age are we able to, a child can more understand that they have to wait, or the need can't be met, we can't afford certain things. But basic needs, babies have basic needs. Their basic needs are to be fed and to be loved, right? There's tons of, of, of data to show that babies that are not, they can be fed, they can be changed, but if they're not loved, they're not picked up and, and held and to and sung to and loved, they do not, they, 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 they don't grow. They don't thrive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In fact, there was one, one uh, study that was done in in england that showed that 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 the children that were not loved died well, their basic needs were met but they did not thrive they ended many of them ended up dying because they did not get that love um
0: it's not it's not it's really not optional um okay so i guess jumping back to to our our original thoughts. So we're we're we we're, we're talking about we're talking about taking care of ourselves, um, and we're saying. So I guess if we can sum up up until now, we would say. It's important to take care of ourselves, of course. Um, but it's also important to understand what what the goal is. If the goal is ultimately to to provide to care for. Um, so I need to do whatever it takes to fill myself up so that I can provide to the best that I could to realize that children's needs when they're met can help them to become emotional, to, to become healthy, you know, to grow up, to be good old, like you were saying, to, to give and to care for others.
1: To be emotionally healthy
0: adults. I don't know. So, so, so self care, where do you, so where do you think the rep of self care gets funny?
1: I think when we blow it out of proportion,
0: is it, is it that we mess up what the goal is? Like what, where, where, how does it get blown out? We just decided we need more? Is it a new generation that we just need more? We think we need more? It's hard to say that
1: it's a new generation because there are plenty of people your age and younger that, that are doing a fine job and it's not the generation necessarily. And I think every single person has to do their own accounting like with anything else and ask themselves... You know, I brought this child into the world. Now, is it possible that for the next five to 10 years, my my self-care has to change? And what do I really need in order to be able to give my child what they need? Because chi- that child is my responsibility. Right. And that doesn't mean that 10 or 15 years down the road that I'm not going to go back to doing things for self-care that I enjoy and I appreciate, but they're not absolutely necessary for me to function um, in a way that is, uh, that, that enables me to take care of my children properly and meet their needs, needs that they can't meet on their own.
0: Right. So I think, I think, I think people are, who are listening or, or, you know, sometimes will will fall on either end, either I don't think about my needs. I'm so entirely devoted and it wears me down a lot and I'll hit the end of the day feeling like totally garbage, you know? And very resentful. Resentful. I mean, you'll often find this, people commenting about, you know, food, like I don't have time to prepare myself you know, something that's good for that, a healthy meal or whatever. Um, So you'll have people on that end, or you'll have people like, I need to do this for, you know, for myself, or you'll have, you know, basically on either end. So the question is, what's the, What's our, do we have an, like a barometer or a way to figure out if, how to balance both sides?
1: It, it's a, it's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard, um, It's a hard question to answer because everyone has a different situation. Some people have husbands that are more available. So children's needs are being met by two people and not by one, or there's a caregiver involved as well. um, Or the the mother does have, have more emotional needs. Um, There are people that do have more emotional needs, whether it's mental health needs or, just emotional needs. I don't want to say just, but emotional needs, physical needs. There's some others that, that um, ha- have things that they have to take care of physically, because if they don't, then they're not going to be able to to meet the needs of their children. But I guess, I guess the question is to ask ourselves, what are my needs? Is it a real need? And if it's a real need, it needs to be taken care of. Um, that, that's, that's one thing. And Um, the question like you asked in the beginning that we should ask ourselves, and that is, am I doing this for myself or am I doing it for my child? We have to be honest about it. If I'm doing it for myself, then do I need to do it for myself? And if I don't need to do it for myself, then maybe I shouldn't, and maybe I should try to get through the day and see that I can, you know, teach myself that I don't really need to do that, whatever that is. Um, you know, I, I often think of Zaidi, Abba's father, and the story he tells about his great-grandmother. Um, she had, according to him, 16 children, and um, she would, every morning after she gave them breakfast and they, they, their needs were taken care of, she would go back to her bedroom and lock the door and be by herself for, I think, a half an hour, and they would bang on the door, and they would bang on the door, and they wanted her to come out. And she would say in Yiddish, I'm making for you a mama. I need time for myself too. I'm a human being. And this is also such an important thing that we want to teach our children that you're not a shmata. You're you're not, you're, you're a human being and you also have needs. And you need to show them that we take care of our needs. Not at the expense of anyone else, but in order that I can give to other people. It's a very, very important lesson to teach our children as well. So it, it's, a, it's, it's not a simple calculation. Everyone has to, there's a lot of self-awareness that we need here. There's um, a lot of honesty that we need. And there's, a, but there's also an understanding that when we bring a child into this world, we owe that child to, to make sure that that child's needs are met. Um, and, and we never want to, you know, have harata, if I had only done this or if I had only done that, not that that's the reason to do it, but we, we, we want to make sure that we, we do the best that we can so that we don't, that we feel that we always did. We can look ourselves in the mirror, as Bobby says, and said, I did the best I could. If that's the best we can do, then that's all we can do. And then we dive in a lot that, that, that whatever we did for them, that, those, that they should be
0: emotionally healthy. Wow. I love that story. That's great. You can imagine lady telling it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I could relate to it too because I'm not such a morning person, and I'm I'm always trying to figure out how to how to handle mornings because I I yeah sometimes I do that. I do exactly that. It's funny because I, I I haven't heard the story in a lot of years, but I find myself doing that, going back into my room with a coffee, and I'll be out soon. I need a mm-hmm. I need to feel good mm-hmm. first. <laughs> Fine. My sign and you know that I need that- to go back into my room is if one of my children asks if I'm, if I'm okay, are you okay, Ima? <laughs> and then I know that it's time to go back. <laughs> um, so one other thing that
1: we really haven't spoken about, and, and it's, it's an important piece to this as well. And that's good planning. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's a good planner. Not everyone is so organized, but if we see that things are not, you know, that we're not, we're coming into the house and everyone needs things at the same time and I'm hungry and I need to go to the bathroom, then, Well, if possible, plan ahead of time. You know, you're going to pick up your kids, take five minutes and go to the bathroom before you go Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and have a a protein bar or something in the car so that you have something in your stomach so that when they come into the house and they're all hungry and needing this and that and the other thing, you already had that. You're, you're good. You had your coffee and your protein bar and and you're good to go for an hour or two or three Um, or have a, have a, a fruit for them in the car, or, or some sort of, um, you know, a smoothie or something when you pick them up. Something that they like to drink, so that or eat, so that they have something in their stomachs. If you have a child that doesn't like to eat in school or, or comes always comes home famished, there's the planning also helps these things tremendously, and it it doesn't always have to be a, um, a tug of war whose needs are going to be taken care of first. when there's when there's better planning in home,
0: right. And again,
1: I'm not the most organized person, I, that not by nature. But that's something I learned over time. So, you know, I know this child gets into the car every day famished. Okay, stick a smoothie in his hand. And it also keeps him quiet. And and it's it's healthy and it's yummy. And, um, and he won't be as as, you know, off his rocker planning is, is very, very helpful so that there shouldn't be as much. What, what, where am I looking for?
0: Um, confrontation. That's- Amazing. Okay. This is very helpful. I think we could wrap up here. You know, I actually, before, before we wrap up, maybe one, one last question I was thinking, do we have a word to say on the, when, uh, uh when husband's needs and children's needs conflict? Oh, is that a quick question, question or is that a bigger topic?
1: So it could be a bigger topic. But I'll t- I'll tell you one. A- I'll tell you a quick answer, and then if you want to bring up another time, there's a long longer topic. The greatest gift that parents can give to their children is a strong relationship. So there are there will be times that that parents you know need to focus on each other and not the kids. I'm not talking about babies. Babies come first. Babies mm-hmm. cannot take care of their own needs, but it is a very, very special for children to see that Monday nights from seven to nine or from seven to ten, Abanima go out. It's their time, no matter what. Okay, no matter what is you know a little mm-hmm. bit extreme, a little bit black and white. But they know that that those three hours every single week are so important to Abanima that they have to spend time with each other, and they do spend time together, and they go out. Or they stay at home and they do something if someone's sick or whatever, you know, but that's so 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 important. So your marriage comes first. That being said, together you had these children, so their needs need to be met. But a strong marriage is the
0: best gift you can give your children. Amazing. So I hear that. That's that's my suggestion. I would start from. with examples, but I think that pretty much that pretty much um does it. Okay, so that's all for this week.